0: You're listening to Public Safety First, a podcast to help you learn about the First Responder Network Authority and how you can be part of the future of public safety technology. And now, your host. Welcome to the Public Safety First podcast. My name is Paul Abel and I am the Senior Public Safety Advisor at the FirstNet Authority and also uh, represent the state of Michigan for FirstNet Authority. Today, I'm talking to Darian Reed, He is president of Superior Search and Rescue in Michigan. The volunteer search and rescue team was instrumental in finding the eight-year-old boy who went missing in the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park in May of this year. Darian, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Paul. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to join you on this.
0: Could you start off by telling us a little bit uh, about your background and How did you get involved in search and rescue and what services Superior Search and Rescue provides?
1: Yeah, so I got involved with the team back in about 2017, 2018. That was kind of the first uh, introduction of uh, myself getting into the emergency response world. And I, I found that I really enjoyed being a part of emergency response and getting involved with an organization was great. Our team, Superior Search and Rescue, we're we're a nonprofit organization, emergency response agency within uh, Houghton County. Our team's really in on trying to help our community, especially during uh, search and rescue. We provided the volunteers and the management to work with law enforcement to run an incident that may occur. Our teams are all made up of volunteers, including myself. I've been running the organization since the October of 2021 when I was elected as the president of the team. And under my leadership, I've been kind of focusing on trying to work our team to be better, including better training, working with different agencies, and even pulling in assets from outside the area to help assist when we have an incident, especially like what we had last May in the
0: Porcupine Mountains. Darren, can you tell us a little bit about the particular incident? What was the emergency, and how did your group get involved?
1: Yeah, so um, on May 6th of 2023, later on in the evening, we received a page out from the Michigan State Police uh, to respond to the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park to assist with a missing. Eight year old boy. The eight year old ended up walking away from his family approximately six to eight hours prior to the page out and the 911 call being made. So he had about a six to eight hour head start on the first response units that were showing up on scene. The Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park is a large area. It's fully wilderness. Uh, I mean, you have to hike through the area. You can't even get an ATV through most of the the area. Uh, And that made it difficult from the response side of things as team members needed to hike in and hike out of the incident and upwards to even an hour, hour and a half to get to where he was last seen, uh, which was the camp that he was at. When we initially showed up on scene, one of the first things that I had the conversation with one of the uh, state troopers that we were part of as part of Unified Command, was that, you know, we're going to be needing more assets as soon as possible. And that's when we started to make some calls and start bringing in uh, assets from the Michigan State Police and other search and rescue agencies uh, in in the Upper Peninsula. And by the time that we got teams out in the field, we're looking at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, you know, and, uh, You know i had a quick conversation with the sergeant that i was working with from msp and we ended up having to make the decision of hey we need the mobile command post from the michigan state police and we're going to be needing uh the first net cell tower for communications because that was one of the largest issues that we had on this was communications
0: you had mentioned the the number of agencies uh, responded along with uh, superior search and rescue approximately how many agencies responded so, uh, overall,
1: 40 different agencies were involved with the incident, and we're tracking it right now, almost 370 first responders that were involved. For coordination, this is a massive operation for our area because all of our search and rescue teams in our region are all volunteer. Our fire departments, uh, and even our ambulance companies, they have uh, volunteer services. You know and then of course we had our law enforcement officers that were out there everybody from the local police departments that were available to the u.s forest service uh including uh air resources from the air national guard out of wisconsin and michigan state police aviation division along with the u.s coast guard this was a massive coordination effort that was one of the beautiful things about this incident is that everything was working great for uh getting teams out there getting teams coordinated uh it was probably one of the best coordination efforts that we've had in the upper peninsula
0: so uh, you're bringing all these people in all these agencies communications key how did you communicate prior to the first net set culture right so we
1: do use uh, radio communications on site and uh, we were running into issues with our 800 system not always having service. So there was a lot of communication issues. And then on top of that, from the management aspect of this, you know, during the first night, uh, we ended up pulling out two paper maps to try to coordinate and plan this search because we had no access to internet. It was at least a 20 minute drive till we had cell service to even make a phone call. 25 minutes if you wanted to get you know, even data for your phone, so uh, we really did run into a lot of communication issues uh, during that first night and that first operational period until the uh, mobile command post from MSP along with the first FirstNet uh, portable cell tower uh, showed up. You know, Once those units did show up, we were able to quickly switch over from our paper maps that we were using to our digital mapping system. Once we were able to make that switch, then we were also able to integrate uh, team tracking, determining where everybody was out in the field, And including even getting their tracks, so as soon as they came back to the staging area, we knew what was searched by that team immediately. So it was able to quickly get that team refreshed and put right back out in the field because we didn't really need to do that full debriefing of, hey, where did you search on a map? We knew exactly where they were at because of this. You know, just the ability to be able to do that helped our response. You know, instead of having to worry about did we really check an area, we knew for a fact that a team did go through an area because we had their tracks from their GPSs uh, that they had with them and from their cell phones that we were able to quickly pull that data.
0: You know, 370-ish responders you know, from the 40-plus agencies, that sounds like quite the challenge to coordinate. So, Darian, what did it mean to have reliable broadband and data connections? What difference did it, did it make for this incident?
1: For this incident we went from having to work from two paper maps to having access to all of our computers our incident management system and our mapping it really showed that we were able to quickly get uh this incident on track and get everybody on the same understanding i mean we had teams that were showing up and they could immediately look at the map and go realize, okay, this is what the area looks like. And then on top of that, even getting uh, personnel checked in it was a lot quicker because we were able to quickly get them typed up into our uh, management system uh, and start tracking their time that they were on the incident. We got to the point where a team would show up and within 15 minutes, that team had their team leader identified they had their location of where they were searching and they were heading out to the field we had four teams that showed up back to back to back and immediately we were able to quickly get them checked in tasked and sent out to the field
0: Sounds like a game changer.
1: Oh, very, very much of a big game changer, especially on this incident. You know, we were running against the clock. Like I said, by the time that we got there as part of the initial response, uh, he already had about an eight-hour head start on responders. And then there was another hour for us to get a team out to where he was last seen. So we were running against the clock on this in- entire incident uh, to try to locate him. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that we were able to locate him on day two of our search. We were able to locate him alive and bring him back.
0: You know, upper peninsula of Michigan is pretty desolate. The weather in that area, especially on May 6th at the nighttime. Um, I know in the location where I'm at, uh, we had received some snow on May 1st. Do you still have snow on the ground? Yep. So
1: we do get a lot of snow up in our area. Early May, we still have snow on the ground. Some of the areas still had a ton of snow out in the Porcupine Mountains. There was even a road that was still uh, inaccessible due to snow cover. So that did impact teams inserting in from the north side of the Porcupine Mountains. So we had to focus on coming in, all of our teams from the south, uh, just because the one road that does run through the Porky's was just inaccessible for uh, any vehicle to get through. And then of course that did make it a little bit difficult uh, because there was still snow melt, there's so much water that's flowing through there, it's, it's a very rapid water movement.
0: Uh, so, we did have to worry about that from a safety aspect. So, the best of all possible outcomes, uh, day two of the search, you you were able to locate uh, the child. Now that you've seen FirstNet in action, how do you anticipate the network could help you in the future with search and rescue missions?
1: So, in our area, the, the Upper Peninsula, you know, there's a lot of dead zones uh from cell service uh and and we've been noticing that a lot of these incidents end up occurring in these areas uh just because people aren't able to get a hold of 911 or they may lose track of where they're at so we really have to do focus on that area on bringing in more assets this was the first time that we've ever used during an incident uh a portable first net cell tower and we were a, extremely impressed with it because we ended up making the call uh, around 11 o'clock midnight on that first night of the call of the incident Mm -hmm. and within about 12 hours we had our cell tower there it was just the response that we were able to quickly get was amazing even on top of that just getting this equipment up here we like i said we've never done it before Uh, and it was such a smooth and easy process uh once they showed up they got their equipment set up and we were up and running within about 15-20 minutes
0: oh that's amazing dear is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners
1: you know i really wanted to share that this is one of the biggest coordinated efforts that we've had in in the upper peninsula um you know a lot of the work that we've been trying to do over the last few years uh really showed on this this incident We've never worked on an incident with this many agencies and this many responders uh, that were on scene. Like I said, 40 agencies, over 370 responders that were on scene. We've never had this type of coordinated effort. And for us in our area, this is absolutely beautiful to see and really show how our community really comes together.
0: Thank you and uh, Superior Search and Rescue for everything you do every day. Uh, I appreciate you joining me today. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate
1: it. And thanks for the opportunity to, to come on the show.
0: Thanks for listening today. We're excited to have you join our podcast community. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can learn more about the First Responder Network Authority at firstnet.gov and learn about FirstNet products and services at firstnet.com.